Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If you're a regular, regular listener watcher, you'll notice there's something new about today's show. I'm launching a new brand, and I'm promoting the Rhinestone Glitter Granny. So it's going to be a different look, a different hat each week. And as you can see, you ain't seen nothing yet, because I've got a lot of hats ready to rock and roll with you. Hats are memorable, uh, so I'm told. And I hope these will all be memorable hats and memorable podcasts for you. And actually, it's a great excuse not to have to do your hair, if the truth be told. (laughs) Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met a rainbow surfer? Would you like to learn more about what it is like to be a rainbow surfer? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a human magnet attracting success through your speaking and through the way you think about things in this world. Do you wish you could meet someone who could help you with your thinking? Are you ready to make some big changes in your life? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So now it's time, relax. Time to relax, go get some cheese, crackers, get a little glass of wine if you're in the mood. Now let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. He is known as the world's original rainbow surfer. He wrote the children's book series called The Rainbow Surfers teaching children the merits of living with a positive mental attitude. He can speak both to parents and their children. Since he's been involved with self-help and personal development his entire 45-year career, he can also teach children and children how they can get the life they want rather than the life they don't want. It's just as important to create as to not create your environment. It's my pleasure to welcome back to our show again today, Dale Bruner, the rainbow surfer in person. (laughs) Hi, January. I was going to wear my rainbow surfing shirt to go along with your hat, but I didn't know which hat you're going to wear, and I was saying to myself, I bet she's going to have a rainbow surfing rainbow hat. But I see, if you look at all those that you got stacked up, I think we can make a rainbow out of that. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I really don't have just a rainbow hat. I love it. 
How yeah. do you, now you have I'll, an assignment. I'll probably have to get one for your next show. You know, it's been so fun. I've always been wearing these hats, and they really become a trademark outside of the show. And everywhere I go, people, but the first thing they say is, where did you get that yeah. hat? <laughs> I love it. A lot, I like your stack of hats. I don't know how many you got there, but it looks like you've got quite a few shows to go to before you, you have to come back to the table. And you know, I like the look a lot. Good, good. When I was doing the research, I, I discovered that many years ago in Vaudeville, there was an act, and the act was all based about where did you get your hat. And that's a good one. Uh, kind of reminds me of, what was that show, uh, Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Whose hat is it anyway? Anyway, yeah. beautiful. Good. Good Fun with it. You know, uh, before we begin talking about rainbow surfing, I just, out of curiosity, would like you to share with our listeners some thoughts you had about the recent pandemic, how it affected your life. And if you have uh, any positive things that you took out of it. Well, let's uh, dive right into that. The uh, Going back to, we'll talk a little bit about the definition. In fact, maybe I should talk about who, who is a rainbow surfer, what is rainbow surfing, and then kind of tie it back into this. Okay. Because uh, I, we, we do, you know, all of us have lived through quite some time the last two, three years with the pandemic. I think it really uh, changed a lot of people's perspective. In fact, before I go into that, Jenna, let me start with a, a little story called Perspective. Since we're talking about pandemic and perspective on that, uh, here's a little story that I saw some time ago and I thought really put a spin on it, uh, how all of us see things differently because we all have different points of view and different backgrounds, different lifestyles and where we came from, right? So here, here is a, a little story about a guy named Jim and his dad. And one day they went fishing, but here's what happened. Two journals were found up in an attic that were reflecting how a dad and his son, Jimmy, shared different perspectives the same day they went fishing. Different perspectives, the dad and Jimmy. The dad's journal, again, remember this was found up in an ad. The dad's journal read, I wasted the whole day fishing with Jimmy. Didn't catch a thing. He was But up in that same attic, they found Jimmy's journal for that same day, June 4th. And in large, scrawling letters, pressed deeply into the paper, read the following words. I went fishing with my dad. Best day of my life. Oh, you know, yeah. it, really, it really a lot of times gets down to how we see things. So rainbow surfer, what is a rainbow surfer? It's a, it's a term, quite frankly, uh, generally that I coined as a metaphor for uh-huh. someone who understands the power of their thoughts and the power of their thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've been around, well, in fact, this is my 74th trip around the sun. So for those of you that are kind of up there in Asia, and like you mentioned in the introduction, I've been around, I've been a self-employed businessman my entire life. I really never had an employer except when I went to college. I worked my way through college. I had, I drove school bus. I was a cook. I did the cleaning the dishes. I uh, whatever the floors, uh, shine the floors, did all kinds of odd jobs to go through, but that's about the only time I had an employee. After that, I did go to college to get a teaching degree, but when I went to college to get a teaching degree, and this was back in 1968, there were all kinds of teaching positions available. My brother, Dean, who was three years older than myself, who passed away, by the way, last year, uh, said to me, hey, I, you can, you'd be a great teacher, Dale, too. He went into mathematics and I said, well, I love math, but I decided just to go a little bit over different, and I went to the science route, and I went to biology. But my point being, we went into, I went in there, we could get a teaching job almost any place. It was just abundance of openings, probably like it is today. But by the time I graduated four years later, I couldn't find a teaching job. Nowhere uh, at all in the area, the vicinity, meaning within 100 miles or so, I couldn't find a teaching job. And so... From that point, since I couldn't get that, I went into became a, a business fan, and I can talk about that at some other date. But uh, so I've been self-employed my my whole entire life, 45 plus years, and uh, I did uh, get something great though from that college experience. Even though I didn't get a teaching, but I got a teaching degree, but no teaching career. I met my wife. My wife and I met at the college, and right about this time, and we've been married 50 years, January. So we're 
very, very proud of that. So I was oh, yeah. most surgery back at the time, but I didn't really know it. So <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow surgery, again, it's just someone, it's a term, a phrase that I coined as a metaphor for someone who understands the power of their thoughts, the power of their thinking. You know, and like you mentioned in the opening there, you know, I've been around self-help, self-improvement, personal development kind of mentors my entire life. And the first guy I met was a gentleman by the name of Tom Hopkins. I, I went, when I couldn't get a teaching degree, I found a neighbor who was selling real estate, and I didn't know what that was. And so I said, his name is Rich. And I said, Rich, uh, Rich Hanson. I said, hey, Rich, uh, what is selling real estate all about? And he told me about it. And I said, well, maybe I should see if I can get my degree or get my license. So I did. I applied. I got my license. But, you know, I got to thinking what, back at the time. Now, again, remember, this was back in 1973, 1974, and homes were a little less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> But even doing the math, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot of money because I was working. Yeah. What's of course the, the commission at that time was six or seven. They said, Well, if I sold a house for let's say twenty five thousand or thirty thousand, well thirty thousand times six percent. Wow. Eighteen hundred dollars and the the company and the boss gets half and I get half. Oh man, uh, you know that if I sell one for three a year, I'm on easy street. <laughs> you know, Dale, we're gonna take a break, right? Okay. And uh, if this commercial that's coming up is for people who, if you are a whiner or you know a whiner, this next commercial is the one for you and you should listen to it closely. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with Dale Bruner, who is the founder, originator of the Rainbow Surfing Empire. <laughs> and he is, Dale is not, I can tell you from experience, Dale is not a whiner. He is a true winner. And Dale, before we go on, could you please share uh, your contact information with listeners and how they can go to your website and how they can get a hold of you? Be happy to do that. Thank you, January. And by the way, whining about whining is still whining. (laughs) I'm not whining. I'm just whining about your whining. Well, guess what? You're whining. (laughs) Got it. When I first met you, I thought it was W-I-N-E, but then I saw it and I said, oh, no, it's W-H-I-N-E. Oh, so you know, on occasion, it has been both. The two go hand in hand sometimes. <laughs> anyway, my contact information uh, for those people that like it. Like you mentioned in the opening there, too, I, I wrote a, a series of children's books, a, a trilogy. And, it's the, and they're called Rainbow Surfer, but all got a little bit different subtitle. The first one is called Becoming a Rainbow Surfer. And then the well, then it's forward slash Luminous City. So if somebody wants to get that book or would like to contact me, give you a couple things. My website is www.berainbowsurfer.com. All one word, berainbowsurfer.com. And if you're on social media, we're on different platforms, but probably the primary place to catch up would be to go to Facebook, for example, and uh, search for author Dale Bruner. Dale okay. Bruner spelled B-R-U-N-N-E-R. And there you'll see all kinds of posts, and from there it'll take you to my blogs and all those different things there. So um, author Dale Bruner or www.berainbowsurfer.com. 
Wonderful. And we'll be running that information on the screen throughout the rest of the show. And people can copy it down and get a hold of you. Um, let's go back to what we were talking about before our wonderful commercial. Yeah, good. <laughs> and you've created the Rainbow Surfer, I say Empire, because it's an amazing thing that you've done with it. Um, how did the pandemic affect your industry? Great question again. Let me extend that. Remember, I said rainbow surfing is a term I coined. But if you want to stop and really get a what I call a main street uh, definition, is think of yourself as a human magnet. So rainbow surfing is best understood when you see yourself as a magnet, attracting or bringing back into you the things that you're thinking. We've all heard probably the expression "you reap what you sow," and what goes around comes around. That kind of thing. So what is that really saying? It's simply saying that what we send out with our thinking is what we're going to be <clears throat> bringing back into our life. Kind of like what I call the law of the echo. You know, what you send out resonates, it comes right back to you. Mm-hmm. Now, and I started saying, I'll go get into the pandemic thing here, but years ago when I first met my first mentor, Tom Hopkins, he dropped something on me that I, because I, I thought I was going to sell a lot of houses and didn't end up selling one in the first year. <laughs> And so I went to this guy named Tom Hopkins, who was a, a, a real estate sales trainer. And here's what, exactly what he said to me after I had a little private conversation with him during one of the breaks. He said, Dale, for things to change, you got to change. Dale, for your things to be different, you got to be different. Before financial success can occur, personal growth must occur. Unless you want to be like 95% of the people who have less money at age 65 than they do at age 25. And I was 25. And I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to go four years and not have anything more than I got now, and I got nothing now. But <laughs> he dropped that on me. And he went and introduced me to all the self-help. Again, Think and Grow Rich, all these books. Magical Thinking Day, Magical Believing, whatever. Okay, so let's fast forward and to how does this affect? Well, we see ourselves as a magnet. What we send out is what we get back. Here's another quote, and I don't think there's a known author to this, but Think of your life as a garden and your thoughts as the seed. And if your life isn't awesome and amazing, you've been watering the weeds. So like the farmer who plants corn, he expects corn to grow. Mm-hmm. If he plants beans, he's going to get beans. But if you plant weeds, you're going to get weeds, right? right. So how does this uh, pertain to the pandemic? So if, in fact, it's true, if it is true, and I believe it is, what you send out is what you receive back as we turn If we apply that to the pandemic, what did a lot of people think when they were thinking about the pandemic? Were they afraid of getting it, the COVID? Or were they wanting to stay healthy? For example, when someone went to get the COVID shot, did you take the COVID shot to say, I'm taking this so I don't get sick? What are you thinking about? Sickness. Versus saying, I'm taking this shot because I want to stay and remain healthy. So what are you thinking about? Healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the same analogy. You know, it's Thanksgiving season here and people are traveling. When you get in the car and you put your seatbelt on or when you're going down the road, do you say, I put that seatbelt on so I don't get hurt? Or do I put it on because I want to stay safe? Oh, it's hurt you focus your thoughts. So, yeah. It's well, just a time, time, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's just a flip in your thinking that can either way. Yeah. So rainbow surfing really comes down to where you're placing your focus. And quite frankly, uh, January, a lot of times we're thinking about, oh, I hope, I, you know, I don't want to get sick. You're thinking I want to stay healthy, but you're really not thinking that. Right? <laughs> so where's your focus? So same thing with the pandemic. I told all my kids, in fact, I never got COVID. My wife never got COVID. My kids never got COVID. As far as I know, I don't think the grandkid, maybe one would got six grandchildren, uh, yeah. three, three grandsons and three granddaughters. And I don't think any of them got, but I, I always just, again, in general terms, say to them, be careful what you're thinking about and yeah. think about what you're thinking about. Because if you're sending out what you don't want, you're going to get more of what you don't want. Just like that whining thing. If you're whining, you're going to get more things to whine about. So, oh, that is so true. It's really about deliberately creating how you want your life to be and focusing on the things you do want. 
just like a lot of people are, and again, this is not casting a judgment on anybody. I, I, I'm way beyond that. I'm, like I said, 74 <laughs> people on this site. But yeah. if people uh, focus on the things that they don't want, they also have a tendency to what I call advocate against the things they don't want. Instead of being what you're for and place your emphasis there, I, I want, let's just say good health. I want plenty of money. I want good relationships. If you place your attention on those things versus saying, I hope I don't have to get into a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. I hope I, if you say, I hope I have enough money to pay the bills and you're worried you can't pay the bills. So you're sending that out as a couple examples. So uh, the pandemic to us overall was just uh, a couple of years of we couldn't do the activities we wanted to do, but we yeah. didn't, didn't fear at all. We just believed and focused on, again, expecting everything to go great. When you expect good things, you get Well, we were lucky, too. Our family uh, got through it, and uh, it was a, I know it was a difficult thing. And I, I often tell people that I considered it a pause. And it was a chance for everyone in the whole country, the, actually the whole world, right. to take a pause and think about how you do things and think about what's really important to you. And in that way, it was a positive thing. Absolutely. Going back to what you were talking about, the negative versus the positive thought, my example of that in my own life is when many years ago I was an avid golfer and I'd be getting ready to tee off my ball and I'd hit the water and I'd think, don't hit it in the water. Guess what? <laughs> right to the water. And so it was like the last thought that flickered across my computer brain is what took over. Isn't that true? It is so true. But let's. Let me extend that thought. I'm not a golfer like you are, and I really congratulate you because I know you're quite the golfer. But uh, if you're up there on the tee and you're playing with someone, you, you're just trying to be a little competitive, let's just say, you know, enjoying the game. But in the back of your mind, you want to win, right? Oh, yeah. So let's say that it's you and your husband leave for whatever they're at the or whoever. You're at the tee, and you're saying to him, you know, you got to remember, think positive. Don't think, I hope I don't hit her in the water. Say, I want to hit her down the fairway, long and far, right down the center. Think that thought, right? Yeah. And he goes, I know all that. You've taught me that. I know exactly what you do. I want to hit her down the fairway. I don't want to go in the water. <laughs> and you say, well, that's great. Here's how you get under his skin a little bit. You say, then why are you using that old ball? <laughs> well, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I don't want to lose it, right? So you really are contradicting what you really thought you thought. <laughs> That's a good one. Really get, oh yeah, why am I using this old ball? <laughs> I don't want to lose it in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many. So many golfers that can truly relate to what we're talking about right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, before we get back on track, we're going to hear about uh, uh, my books that have now been coming out in audiobook, and they're my Kennedy books. And it's hard to believe, but actually, next year will be the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack. The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, 
and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Welcome back with the original Rainbow Surfer, my dear friend and guest, Dale Bruner. Dale, in the book, you talk about the seven colors, which obviously make up the rainbow. And could we briefly touch on what each color in the rainbow represents to your readers and your followers? Certainly. In fact, let me show the copy. of the, This is the first book. Can you see that okay? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay. And again, Good. Becoming a Rainbow Surfer, and the first book is titled Lumino City. Anyway, um, well, there's really a couple dynamics going on there, but... If you connect it back to what we were talking about previously, it's where we place our attention. Attention to whatever we're giving our attention to is what we draw back to us like a magnet, right? right? So if you think of the seven colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, lavender, purple, every one of those colors really represents, some people are familiar with what they call the energy system of the body or chakras, chakras, some people say it either way, one way or the other. And the base chakra is trust, for example. But the first color is red, okay? And for, from the energy system, red means trust. But what's the opposite of trust? Distrust, right? Or fear. Fear. Okay? Yeah. So let me just pause there and say, <clears throat> I took the seven, I wanted to integrate this into the book, and we did it real subtly, and we have other books that go into it more in depth. But in the first book, Aluminum City, it's about that your thoughts are what create what comes to your life. You know, your thoughts are what bring things back to you. And we said, if you focus on what you do want, you get what you do want. And when you focus on what you don't want, you get what you don't want. So I said, how can I tie this rainbow as seven colors and the energy system into my books? So again, trust is the first one, red. And the opposite of that would be distrust. So guess what? If you place your thinking or focusing on trusting things to go good, for example, for you, or to have good relationships or have a lot of money or get good grades in school or have a lot of friends and having good friendships versus what? I don't want to get bullied. I hope there's no um, suicides at school. I hope there's no shootings. I hope there's... So if you focus on the opposite, that's what you're going to... excuse me, draw back to you. So red, using that first color, is trust versus distrust, for example. So we're trying to teach kids, trust is a really a basic foundational concept, you know, because if people don't trust you, you really aren't going to go very far in a a relationship of any kind, whether it's personal or business or or what have you. So are you placing your emphasis on, I try to teach kids, are you placing your emphasis on the trust or are you placing it on, I don't trust you, the distrust? And when you don't trust someone, you distrust them, yeah. what are you going to draw back to you? More things from them or others where you will sense distrust. Yeah. That will then start to compound. And the second one, and I'll pause there, but the second one, for example, is joy. What's the opposite of joy? Uh-huh. Right? And other synonyms like that, but... So if you're joyful, if you look for things to make you happy and be joyful about and appreciate life and appreciate the things that are going, you know, just find anything that you can joy and think about that a lot. You're going to draw a lot more things back to you that are joyful. Whereas if you say, I don't want to go using it for children, for example, I don't want to go to school. I don't like that school. It does, or I don't like the kids at school. And I'm focusing on the unjoyful, unpleasant experience. Then I'm going to get all kinds of more what evidence, situations, outcomes, conditions coming back to me that underscore I don't I told you I didn't like that and this is why. So you kinda of get the connection there, red, orange and yellow. I do, but you know, it's such a, a difficult time and what's your take on you know, you turn on the news and there's unfortunately these 
horrific shootings right. that are taking place, and you don't want to dwell on it, but it's right in front of you. Every every other week or so, it seems like something's happening. How do you work around things like that, Dale? How do you get through that? Well, again, it's a big question, but if you, get, if you start at the foundation of it, I'm not, I'm not saying things don't take time or take practice or take just like anything we do in life, learning to golf like you. I bet you were a lot better your last day golfing than you were your first day golfing, right? Yeah. And it's <laughs> not that much better. <laughs> okay, sure. But if you had said at the first day, ah, this is terrible. I hate this. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't enjoy this at all. I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Right? You could have never gotten better. So, But once mm-hmm. you said, well, it's my first day, you don't say to a little kid uh, that is just learning how to walk, and they're, they're crawling, and they try to stand up, and they fall down. They get up, fall down. And get, you say, well, get up, you little dummy. You're never going to walk. <laughs> you know? So using that, let me tie that back into the question that you had. I... In Rainbow Circle, we don't say that there isn't going to be things, bad experiences, whether it's crime or shootings or suicide, teen pregnancy, drugs, all those things. We're not saying there's, those things don't exist. What we are saying to you is, if you want to, you do not have to participate in those. Okay. And how do you not participate in those? You don't have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might say, well, that's Pollyannish, or that's not being realistic, or you're burying your head in the sand. You're not facing reality. Well, why face reality if it is something you don't want? So, so let me get back to summarize that. And that is, you don't have to participate. And how do you not have to participate? What do you can do? You can change your thought. Okay? Now you say, well, I can't not. It's in my face. I cannot not think about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't say do not not necessarily think about that. But think about anything in your life that you like, that feels good, that is pleasant. And if you start to think about those things, for example, I think about my wife, 50 years. I think about my five beautiful children, two sets of identical twin daughters. I think about our six precious grandkids. I think about the things in life that I feel good about. And by law, this is a like brings like world or universe. So what you send out, brings you bring back something like that. So when you think about something that you feel good about, yeah, you're gonna, and it's going to displace all the other things. Yeah, yeah. Your life is actually a reflection of your thoughts. Yes. Now, my question, my next question for you is: Were you always such a upbeat, cheerful person? Because when I speak to you, you bring me up, and I know you're up. Are we always that way, or, or do you have, you know, down days like the rest of us? You're always going to have experiences in your life, and uh, in the broader sense, when I was, as far as back as I can remember, and I grew up on a farm, mm-hmm. and growing up on the farm, there's a lot of work, a lot of hardship, and a lot of, but there's also a lot of pleasant experiences, but I'm, in fact, they used to nickname me happy-go-lucky. That was kind of the nickname I had. Uh, early on, in fact, my neighbors uh, coined that and hung it on me, and it was good. And I said, well, that's a good thing. I liked it. But we always are going to have things in our life that are not to our life, and we need those, quite frankly, because if you don't know what you don't want, how do you know what you do want? Right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So by nature, I was, but by the same token, in fact, let me insert this January that most children, you know, they're born happy. <laughs> Born excited. They just want to play. They want to romp. They want to have fun. They want to frolic. That's all they want to do, right? Get in line, just have friends. But what happens? Somewhere along the line, if you give or take age 10, 11, 12, you start to educate it out of them or beat it out of them that, hey, you got to buckle down in school. Hey, you got to do your homework. And yes, you got to do this. You got to, and no, you can't do this. And no. And so we start to. They start to believe that they have to listen to us rather than their own intuition, their own intuitiveness, their own spirit, if you will, to say, wait a minute, I came here to have a fun life, an easy life, an enjoyable life. But somewhere along the line, we get, and then as we get a little bit older, what do we start to face? More things that I got bills to pay. I got debts to pay. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go to work. I got to. And pretty soon we start getting in this quagmire of what we call 
problem, if you want to call it that, which is just yeah. another for what's happening in our life. And if we don't know how to address yeah. that, we life brings life. To get done. We can go down that spiral. Ahead. But there's a way to change that. And it always starts with the root cause of everything that occurs in our life, January, is our thoughts, is our thinking. Everything that happens to us is a result of our thoughts. And I know some of this stuff might be, like for myself, it was tough to believe when my first mentor said, like I said, Tom Hopkins says, you know, for things to change, you've got to change. I go, what do you mean? I don't like myself. Well, if you want to make more money, and, and I said, well, Tommy, money isn't everything. He said, well, well Dale, money may not be everything, but it sure will keep your kids and grandkids in touch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> money isn't everything, but it will give you the freedom to find out what will. But yes, I've been happy uh, by and large, but it wasn't until... Tommy taught me about thoughts and the creative power of thinking. A lot of other mentors have, too. In fact, my next mentor was a guy by the name of Dale Maloney. He said, his thinking, he had it on his card. He said, if you continue to think like you've always thought, you'll continue to get what you've always got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so most things. But then I lived with those philosophies and all that for 35, 40 years. But back in 2004, I came across a concept which which was what inspired me or gave me that nudge to say mm-hmm. the right voice. Because, you know, for real change to happen in the world, if we want to bring about change, I think we have to start with the children. Okay, yeah. Before we, you know, we get, and again, I'm not judging anybody, but we, we get so jaded, right? We get so hung up in our beliefs, and, and pretty soon we can't think outside the box. And when we start to do in that, then we our personality changes. So how can we again reach children before they get too far down that path? And again, I understand like you can't find something you're not looking for. <laughs> you know? So what what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if you don't think you got a problem, you aren't looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, once you start uh, words don't, like I'm talking here, words don't teach. Life experiences teach. When you start to get out in the real world and you start to experience things, and when the things you heard or read start to line up with your life experiences, then you go, oh, now I see it. Now I get it. So now you can get to hear what you did or in hearing before, even though it was, there, it was present all the time. Yeah, yeah. We're going to leave off with your question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, that was good. You you got right spot on. Uh, for my listeners, have you ever met someone unforgettable? Someone like Dale, I, as a good example. Uh, I'd like to share with you some of the most memorable people that have been on my shows in the past. These are some of my priceless personalities. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. 
Attention all listeners. Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorous helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back with one of my very favorite priceless personalities, Dale Bruner. Dale, um, this is my question. When I was first starting with my grandchildren, trying to have communications and uh, talking to them and bringing them out, one of the big questions that uh, my grandson, one of my twins, he would always ask me, he calls me more and more, he said, more and more, what is your favorite color? And it was something we would talk about. I'm wondering for you, Dale, what is your favorite color? <laughs> well, that is a question for you. I'll answer that, and, but I want to go back to a thought I had earlier, too, after I answer that. My favorite color? stands for enlightenment. Enlightenment. White? Close. Purple. 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 Mine's blue, but... Blue's good. (laughs) They're all good colors, and when they come together, they form that white light kind of thing that really gives you a sense of empowerment. In fact, that's what rainbow surfing is all about. It's helping kids become Mm -hmm. self-empowered. People ask me all the time, do you uh, do you belong to uh, which political party? I said, I don't talk politics, number one. Number two, I said, my my politics is self-empowerment. I want to empower each individual so they can create the life they want. And so tying back to, I said, in 2004, I knew about this thinking part. In fact, I thought the whole world knew that, you know, since I was so much into self-help and, and knew all these development people, stages, a lot of them. I thought the whole world knew about the power of thought, what I call positive thought power pioneers. I thought it would, but then I come to find out that less than 1% of the world's population, which by the way, just turned 8 billion. I just read yesterday or the day before, 8 billion people, but uh, less than 1% of the world knows that what you think is what you get. What you think about is what you bring about. What you think about is what comes about. So if you place yourself on knowing how self-empowered you can be and that everything you, all, all the abilities to have, be, or do anything you want is within inside of you, and you don't have to fear anything on the externalness of it. They go, wow. And so I said, okay, that makes sense, but only a few people know about that. So that's yeah. why I was nudged again to say, I'm going to write a book starting with the children because that's where real change happens at the early stages kind of thing. But then I came across in 2004, which really lynched it all for me. The linchpin was there is a sure way of knowing what thoughts you're sending out Therefore, knowing full well what you'll be bringing back to you. And if you knew for a fact, with total certainty, that what you're sending out is what's going to be coming back to you, wouldn't it be nice to know that there's a way to know that? Mm-hmm. And there is. And that's why we the books. And that's what we reveal in the books as we move along, kind of thing. There's power. So um, let's see, purple. Back to purple. I love purple. It's mm-hmm. enlightened because it knows... It's back to that empowerment. Enlightenment simply means you're empowered because you know who you are and that you have all the potential within you. Every one of us, because nobody else can think your thoughts. Who can think your thoughts? Who can breathe for you? Who can eat for you? Who can do anything? You do it. Who can walk for you? You have to do it. Thinking is the same thing. So when you think thoughts, you're the only one that can think them. So when you think them on purpose deliberately, and there's a sure way of knowing if you're going to like what's coming back to you, then you're going to have a life that you create deliberately. It's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. It's going to be a job. 
you know, you write about uh, PMA, and uh, it's not PMS, which most people know about, but PMA is positive mental attitude, and that goes throughout your entire works, and I know it's what you live by, and what you, this is your message, isn't it? It is PMA, positive mental attitude, but like I say, there is an extension of that most people have this kind of underlying question, how can I get more of the things I want in life? How can I get more of the things I desire? And by extension, how can I get more of the things I want and less of the things I don't want and don't like? Wouldn't it be nice to have an answer to that? And there's a, there's a, there's a sure way. So our books go beyond just positive mental attitude and knowing full well that there's a sure way of knowing that the thoughts that you're thinking will be will be coming back to you in the form of things that you will be liking. Absolutely. You know, uh, as our show is coming to an end, I have a question that I've always been, I've been asking everyone who's been on the podcast. If you could choose anyone living or beyond uh, have dinner with, who would your dinner guest be? Besides me, of course. <laughs> Only one? Yeah. Oh, well, okay, let's make it two for you. You're special. <laughs> There are so many in January. Oh my. You know, along that line of thinking, talking about thoughts, there's so many thought leaders. And whether they're spiritual teachers or whether they're philosophers or religious teachers, gurus, you name it, they've all may have thought different things about different things, but the one thing they absolutely, every one of them all agreed upon, whether it was Buddha or Jesus or over right down the line, modern day authors, what have you, is the one thing they all agree upon is what you think is what you get. Your thoughts will always, in fact, let me just quote you just a couple of things. Okay. Marcus Aurelius, a great Roman emperor, said, a man's life is what his thoughts make Earl Nightingale, pioneering, again, how thoughts, we become what we think about. Ralph Waldo Emerson, a man is what he thinks about all day long. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, if you think in negative terms, you'll get negative results. If you think in positive terms, you'll achieve positive results. Earl Nightingale is another one, but uh, Buddha uh, captures it by saying, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. The mind is everything. What we think is what we become. Um, Michelangelo, I can go right down the list. Thousands of people, all the time. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Okay. <laughs> this visit, I, I, it always with you, it always goes so fast. And I'm so happy that you could be with us today. And Thank to you, our- January, and happy Thanksgiving week and Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, and you know, as far as who you'd probably choose to have dinner with, oh. I have a suspicion it might very well be Vicky. Well, that's for sure. I was not going to exclude her. That was definitely going to be one or two in there. On our next conversation, how's that? Okay, terrific, terrific. So I have to thank you again and look forward to having everyone come back to our podcast next week. Candy Kane Cooper is going to be visiting with us. And she is an interesting person. She is an animal psychic. And she communicates with animals, and she's got some great horse stories to tell us. So we'll be looking forward to that next week. Now, I hope everyone who's listened to the show, remember to stop whining and start smiling right now, just like Dale, and start using PMA. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Now, and turkey and pumpkin pie this week. (laughs) Now from the Glitter Granny, take care and stay safe until we meet again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Bye-bye. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. 
We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.